right, riddle me this, Kev. What's one of the first upgrades you should do to your vehicle? What is it? What do you go for? Well, you might think power, but ultimately, from a smart and safe perspective, definitely the brakes. Yeah, no doubt. Upgraded braking systems can really transform a vehicle's performance and honestly give you better peace of mind behind the wheel in any situation. You know, from the track to off-road trails, even the morning commute, every single vehicle deserves performance brakes at an affordable price. And no matter what your vehicle or driving style, PowerStop has complete brake upgrade kits for you. So head to PowerStop.com, fill in your vehicle's information into their easy-to-use brake finder to be matched with complete kits and components that are low-dust, noise-free, and feature upgraded stopping power. That's right. You could join the thousands of other drivers that have already transformed their vehicle into a stopping powerhouse today with PowerStop. PowerStop.com, brake upgrades made easy. Welcome to Two Guys Garage Podcast, a production of iHeartRadio and Britain Productions. It's the Two Guys Garage Podcast. He is Kevin Bird. I am Willie B. And man, today we have our boy Evan Smith going to join us. Why? Because this guy is one of them inside dudes in the world of hot riding. You know what I mean, Kevin? He's one of those guys behind the scenes, but he's always there. Man, he is a media mogul in a sense. I mean, this guy has been... You know, like you said, kind of behind the scenes, writer, photographer, you know, everything you can think of with, you know, the car magazines that we love. Uh, he's got inside scoop uh, with a lot of the OEs. I know he's been doing tons of test pilot stuff, you know, essentially for OEs when they come out yeah. with some new vehicle, whether it's a GT350. Uh, I'd be interested to see, you know, what, what the other OEs let him get his hands on uh, with the new 500. <laughs> You know, so this guy always has the inside ear, you know, what's going on in the heartbeat of the OEs all the way to the aftermarket, and man, can this guy wheel. Yeah, man. He's always behind something going stupid fast. Yeah, it was one of those things when I first talked to him and met him, uh, and he was like, yeah, um, Ford's flying me out to test this car, and I got flown out to do this one, and you know, he's the guy when the magazines are wanting a good E.T., this is the guy they call. This is the guy they're like, hey, uh, what are you doing next weekend? Would you mind coming out and putting our car through a tough you know, road course test? Or matter of fact, why don't you run about, I don't know, 30, 40, 50 passes on it uh, and click us off some good ET, something we could put in a magazine. He's like, I'm your Huckleberry. I'll be there on the 6 a.m. flight, bro, knocking him down. So he is that guy, which is, you know, a great guy to know and have. Dude, he's actually sent me pictures before, and I, I, I don't know if we can get him to talk about it. The, just the stuff behind the scenes of what NASCAR does, what different teams will pay different photographers to take pictures of. Is is crazy? Is mind bending? It's nuts. Like they're they're keeping tabs with each other and how much suspension is moving, what they're doing around turns, and well, what the car you know if the car is getting unsettled in certain areas or whatnot. It's crazy the voodoo behind all that garbage, man. Well, he's got his fingers in everything. Like you said, from the OEs, the aftermarket, the the hot rod world, right? Writing for magazines, you know, a lot of the uh, aftermarket companies uh, to you know spy footage. This guy is everywhere, and uh, man, every time we go to shoot, because he lives pretty much where we film, uh, we gotta hook up, we gotta, you know, swap stories, we gotta bench race, we gotta have some cold ones. This is your boy right here, yeah, and there's man. no funner car guy to hang out with, swap stories with, than Evan Smith, man. Yeah, man. You know the uh, what, what do they call him, the um, paparazzi or whatever. The uh, you know 
the people that chase the celebs. He's that for the automotive world. <laughs> Pretty much, man. <laughs> yeah. Man. In some cases, the celebs are paying him to be the paparazzi to film, yeah. <laughs> to get on, you know, whatever coverage. Right. You know, they're trying to push out there. Yeah. I can't wait to kind of get his, his scoop on so many different things, man. You know, from... You know, what's the kind of baddest ride out there? What's the newest thing? Where where we think the trends are going with all these, you know, high out- output vehicles? Where does it end? Right, right. Where does it end? Because that's got to be a question on everybody's mind with Zev and Lev rules and all these, you know, guidelines everybody's got to follow. It's going to be interesting to see where that market continues, how far it continues, and how many more years we can, you know, keep continuing to build 800 900 or even more horsepower cars like you gotta feel like there's a ceiling at some point right you're a guy on the inside you would you you might notice that when do you think it's going to end do you see any ending in it or do you just see an evolution where they continue building upon more power more torque better performance yeah man some things i got to keep you know close to the vest here uh you know being in the oe um but others, like, just, you know, kind of looking out at the world, it's one of those things where, uh, on the one hand, you know, with uh, emissions, regs, and everything else kind of squashing in from one side, you think, oh, that's it, everything's going to just squeeze out and kind of disappear at some point. But then, you know, the drive, the motivation is always there, and we always come up with clever, creative ways to keep extending the good times. So uh, yeah. it's like a moving goalpost, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it is. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we had a year or so ago where, you know, all this stuff with uh, Tesla and electric vehicles and everybody's all hyped up. And it was like, what? Are we turning the corner on a dime here? We're going all electric here by, what, next Tuesday? And, you know, you give it enough time and, you know, the reality's kind of set in. And it's like, well, the electric market might not be that big. It's going to take a while. And, you know, we're going to have a mix of both. And so there you go, man. There's that little, you know, back door where it's like, this isn't quite shut down yet, but there's always this little knock on the door when you're like, just don't answer. Don't answer that door. Damn it. Did you see the other day they came out with a big study that said, um, the autopilot mechanism and all these manufacturers cars had a, had a quote unquote incident, um, every eight miles. So it's it's definitely not there yet, although the technology is is getting there. Um, I, I imagine some sort of hybrid blend of, you know, a combustion engine and, and electric is what we're going to see. But it, it will be interesting to see where he thinks it's going and uh, what's next, man. What do you think is, is going to be the max power somebody tops out at? Because you got to admit, back several years ago, the red eye caught everybody off guard. Ford and Chevy were quick to answer it. Um, but where do you think, where do you think it's going to go? Who's going to have the crown? Um, and, and just the fact that this guy has a little bit of Dodge blood pumping through his veins, uh, makes me happy to talk to him too. Yeah. He's, <laughs> he leans on the Ford camp pretty hard, but he's got a little bit of Dodge pumping through his veins, which, uh, which makes him all right in my book. Right on. All right. Well, why don't we take a quick break so we can get the man, the myth, the legend, Evan Smith on here with us and, uh, have ourselves hell of a good time all right we'll do it it's two guys garage podcast he is kevin bird i'm willie b we're back after the break 
It's the Two Guys Garage Podcast. He is Kevin Bird. I am Willie B. We have Evan Smith on the podcast with us today. Fired up about it too, man. This guy is a know-it-all when it comes to cars. Who's doing what? Who's going to be the fastest this year? Who's making you know crazy ET times on the track, on the drag strip? This guy is a wealth of knowledge in the world of automobiles, man. So Evan, Evan, give us a little bit of quick background for everybody out there. Uh, just rattle out. You know, some of the publications and stuff that you've you've written for, published for, et cetera. All right, Muscle Mustangs and Fast Forward is probably the biggest one as far as the longest amount of time. I started my career there. Wait, 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 wait. You said Fast Forward? Uh-huh, he did. He did. Uh, is, is, that's, that, doesn't, that doesn't even make sense together. Fast it's in the title. It's in the title. Sounds like a contradiction of terms right there. <laughs> look, man, look, look what's at the ready. All right, I love them all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, he just whipped up a Mopar mag. <laughs> my man, my man, you redeemed yourself. All right, so you written for a lot. Fast forward, who else? Yeah, so even before that, I, I always loved cars, always had cool cars. Um, I started working at Raceway Park at Englishtown and met a bunch of the magazine guys, was going to college at the time to be a teacher. And uh, after getting sucked into some of these magazine tests and hanging out with the magazine guys, I just was like, that's way cooler career. And way more fun than being a teacher. Nothing wrong with being a teacher. Love those people. But <laughs> I put that behind me and, you know, put my target on being a magazine guy. And, and it lasted a really long time before a lot of the print was killed. And I started my own content creating business in 2014 called Revan Media. Uh, but I still do some writing for, for the print stuff. Magazines like Mustang Driver, um, Hopefully, I'll get to do – there's a new book out called Mustang Hub Magazine. So, maybe I'll do a little for that. Hot Rod Magazine and just a ton of web stuff. I think the industry has changed so much where even now companies are doing – like, that never did content before. They just made the parts that we all love. So, I've been doing a ton of stuff for Ford for uh, the performance website. Been doing a ton of stuff for Holly because Holly has all kinds of stuff going on. We could talk yeah, about man. that later, but they're just craving content. So making video for my YouTube channel, Instagram, Facebook, wherever I can pump out the car content, I just love doing it. You guys doing stuff with you guys. Yeah, man. It's always great to see your stuff, and you're always on the edge of what's what the market is going to have access to and experience um, relatively soon. So whether it's the you know GT 500, weren't were you one of the first guys to see that? I remember you like – doing your live reports and catching everybody up on, you know, what it was and how it was going to drive. I remember I had you on my radio show, and I was like, come on, man, you drove it. Tell us a little insight. And he was like, well, I just can't because no numbers have been released yet, but that's some bitch hauls ass. <laughs> yeah, it does too, man. So is that all released yet? Can you can you spill some beans on that one? Oh, yeah. You know, we know 760 horse, and I've had it at the track. I'm very fortunate to work with Ford and get to be one of the first guys to test one. And uh, I was able to get it to go 1061 at 133. Ooh. Now, keep in mind, oh. that's on stock tires. That's not on a drag radial. Big front tires and with a suspension that you literally could go off, get your time slip at the end of the drag racing run, and head over to your local uh, road course like High Plains or, for me, Sebring, and go turn laps there. This is a multi-purpose car. It does it all, 1060s, which is mind-blowing. And, uh, you know, there's quicker cars out there, but this thing does it all. And, I mean, it's got, it's got 
to me, it's got the look, it's got a great sound, it's got that DCT transmission that's a ton of fun and something new and different to play with, and uh, that supercharger just makes a great sound. Well, dude, all right, so give us a little bit more skinny on this thing, because now you got me really hooked, because uh, this is quite unique, right? Uh, so you've got some perspective, because you own a GT350. That was Ford's, I think, real first like uh, attempt at making the ultimate road car because right we've had gt500s for a long time right, right. big blown five fours etc you know big heavy front end muscle car uh and then the gt350 was this naturally aspirated you know 7800 8200 rpm you know really revving the thing up and you own one you've had one for years so that's that's some kind of reference point now you have this gt500 that's supposed to be a a pretty good track car slash what we know is a, you know, muscle car, you know, drag car, et cetera. So give us all this and along with that DCT, because for most of us, we've never touched one. We've never seen one. And uh, you would be the guy to tell us if that thing is, uh, you know, the, the thing to get or just full of hot air. All right. So the GT350, I'll start with that. <clears throat> like you said, 8250 for RPM. I mean, it just screams its guts out with the flap. Uh, playing crank and the exhaust system they have on it. It's got a very unique sound. And I think the sound of that engine is part of the appeal of the car. It really, it really screams back to 1965, the first GT350. Um, it's a really special car in that regard. Lighter on the front end, that voodoo engine making 526 horsepower. It's a, it's a car that Ford will probably never build again um, as far as an engine that's that high, high strung, but it doesn't have a supercharger and it doesn't have that. That's a good way to put it though. It's a good way to put it high strung, like yeah, naturally aspirated. And that bitch, that bitch puts out how much? 526, 12 to one compression. I mean, it's a race motor. It's got big cams. It's got a lot of compression. It's, it's, you know, for its cubic inch at a five, two making, making that kind of power. It's, it's up there, right? Um, yeah, hundred yeah. horse per liter out of a V8 production car, dude. Right. Yeah, it's definitely strung out there, but it's awesome. Right. So then, obviously, you know they had great success with the 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 07 through 2014 GT500, and Mustang guys know that you know supercharging is the way to go. It's it just makes such great power. But the last GT500 made 662, but like you said, the 5.8. They're, they're using the Coyote-based engine now. So it's a 5.2 with the GT350 heads, cross-plane crank, and that big, giant supercharger, I think it was a 2.65 liter, inverted, so you get the bigger intercooler up top. And it's got, like, I think, I forget, 6 or 11 or 15, 20 coolers on the thing um, <laughs> so that when you're on the road course or the drag strip, you're getting a lot of supercharger uh, and heat dissipation from out from under the hood. So not only does it make big power, but it maintains it. There's like no fall off, which is probably one of the most impressive things about that car is that you can make run after run after run. Comparing that's, the two, yeah, that's unreal. it's a completely different animal. You'd think similar chassis, similar setup. The GT500 will eat the GT350's lunch. Straight line, road course. It's got the braking. It's got the steering input. I rode um, – I mean, I drove one on a road course, and I'm all right, but I got to ride with IMSA pro Billy Johnson, who has done a lot of the road course development on both of those cars for Ford. And 
the, the capabilities of that car are basically just mind bending. You could just dump it in a corner, bury the brake, turn, it sticks. And what, what they've done with it is even on the upper downshifts, it never upsets the car. The rev matching is perfect. It's, it'll upshift in a corner under load, wide open throttle, and not kick the back out. Wow. I mean, what? how is that possible? For technology, I guess, you know, <laughs> give it to hand the board. Oh, I mean, wow. the way that they're controlling, I guess they're shutting the throttle without you feeling it. They're doing little things, maybe slipping the clutch because it is a dual clutch. So they have probably the ability to really control how hard the transmission hits. Right, I'm having just... one here in like a week, man. I'm really excited just to. Oh, my God. You are going to you're going to lose it. I mean, just go into the corner. And don't be afraid to literally bury the brake pedal as hard as you yeah. – your calf muscle needs to be screaming almost <laughs> Man, I can't wait because I, my buddy's going to let me take it through the track, and uh, he just wants to see some times on it. So I'm really excited driving it, man. But what you're telling me there is is unlike any car I've been in the seat of because that just doesn't make sense to a road course – to a road course guy to be able to do that without a busting the ass of the car loose and you get out of control in it. Yeah, just leave, leave some of the – I forget. I'll have to talk to you off air and figure out exactly what modes to put the car in um, and what to shut off and what not to shut off. But, I mean, you can turn the nannies off. But, I, you know, if you're not a seasoned pro road course guy with a car that powerful and fast, leave a couple of them on and it will, yeah. it will just keep you going. Like your trajectory – will we'll be like, you know, you could leave the orbit and come back and get back on the track and you'll be fine. <laughs> nice, dude. Good to know, man. Yeah, I remember some of the early, you know, press kind of uh, commentary on the GT500, you know, just skimming it through. I saw kind of references to, like, Porsche GT2 or GT3 or something. I'm like, what? Normally, you know, you're comparing Mustang to Camaro, but not anything Porsche related. No, I think it beat, I think it, that was their, I want to say what the, either the GT2 or the GT3, if I remember the, the guys correctly, that was their target. And I mean, I'm sure that they purchased one or they found one quote unquote and went out and ran them side by side and until they could beat it, which isn't that hard when you have that kind of power. It's, it's, I mean, in this day and age, and especially you, you got some high power stuff, Willie, 760 might not sound like that much, but this car accelerates the gear spacing, the way they have it geared and the torque, uh, you know, the torque curve and everything. It's in power all the time where the GT350 is really driver reliant. If you don't have that engine above about 5,000, it's kind of dead. There's not a whole lot of power on the bottom. You're kind of waiting for it. So you really got to keep the revs in that, in that tight band, the 500, you can drive it anywhere, oh, and it's yeah. got balls. Well, tell me something. I mean, because this is setting up, right, to be kind of a, a, a top dog, right? This is the comparator. Um, and I don't even know, you know, maybe you can uh, give us some insight. You know, what's your, your feel of the GT500 relative to what, you know, GM has in the Camaro lineup or what Mopar has over there? Uh, and then you've got this other one out, this, uh, this new C8 Corvette, right, who's got the same transmission in it. Uh, I know we've only seen some of the, you know, the more baseline uh, configurations, but uh, do you have any insight into the new C8? Yeah. How, how, do, how do you think that C8 is going to compare? Let's say the Z06 C8, because um, I don't think a, a regular coupe C8 is going to compare. But, 
you know, the Canute Camaro ZL1, the GT500 versus anything from the Dodge Camp, which I don't think the Dodge Camp really cares about corners. They just want to go fast in a straight line. Um, but what do you think is the baddest out there, the baddest offer? Wow. Uh, that's a tough question. I mean, and, and I think you really have your Ford guys and your Chevy guys. So you, you don't – if you're a diehard, hardcore brand – loyal person you're not going to cross over no matter what you'd sooner freaking push a mustang than drive a camaro um and i i don't i hope this doesn't sound like i'm taking the high road because i i honestly love them all i think the corvette speaks to a really specific person mid-engined um two-seater where the camaro and the mustang you still get four seats if you got two kids or you got a wife and two kids or a couple of dogs a Corvette's not really an option because you can't take but one person with you. So I saw, I've seen a couple of them on the road. There was a, a beautiful blue one at Cars and Coffee. Um, I think with the base engine, they run like 11.2 in the quarter, which is certainly fast, but it's not GT500 fast. But it's also a little bit cheaper than a GT500. And then the car I really like in the Dodge Camp, believe it or not, is that 392. Because I think for like 40 grand, you got a car that runs 11s. I mean, yeah. they're pretty neat too. And the Hellcats, obviously, and the Red Eyes are bad to the bone. Um, I've driven those. And again, that's a completely different animal in that. That's a true five-person car. You could put three adults in the back, two people up front. It's a big, heavy car. Like you said, it might not handle with the other two, but you really get that retro styling. Um, and obviously, big power, 10-second car with a set of tires out of the factory. It, like, if I had to pick one, I think I'd take the Shelby GT500. It just kind of does it all. What would you say? How does the GT500 compare against the ZL1 Camaro? Because they're close in power, and, you know, the Camaro is more designed for road course type stuff. What do you think that those two against one another paired off would, would do, and how do, you feel like, uh, how do you feel like those cars square up on a, on a road course? On a road course, I think the GT500 with the track pack still still beats it because you, you get the you know the better wheel and tire package a stickier tire the big front splitter and that giant rear wing of course you get that on the camaro with the with the zl1 too but um you know and those reports that you read are it's tough to analyze those because you see like randy probes or something turning these hot laps and they're always very very close but he's a superstar behind the wheel. He doesn't represent yeah. the average guy, I think, who does a track day, um, who maybe can't push a car to 10 tenths. I, I'd like to see them do that with some average guys and see if there's a huge difference. Because he's very good, and the guys at Road and Track are very good at jumping car to car and maximizing the car. So I always try to look beyond, you know, just, hey, which is quickest? Why was it the quickest? Which car is easier to drive for a guy who's, you know, maybe not nowhere near, you know, a road course guy, but maybe nowhere near as talented, doesn't want to wreck his, you know, his $100,000 car. Which car is more fun to drive? I think that a lot of that boils down to personal preference and, you know, me being more of a Mustang guy, I just like the Mustang better. I don't really care for the Camaro interior. I think the... Uh, the ZL1 is a little cartoonish. It's got a lot of weird body shapes and things going on. Um, I'm a fan. I'm still a fan of it, but I like the Mustang better. Give me the Mustang. All right. Woo. All right. Give him the Mustang. <laughs> yeah. 
painful words to hear, especially from a Mopar guy. All right, we got to take a break right now. We'll come back more with Evan Smith on the Two Guys Garage podcast with Kevin Bird and Willie B. Back after the break. It's the Two Guys Garage podcast. He is Kevin Bird. I am Willie B. We have Evan Smith, hot rod man extraordinary. He writes for Hot Rod Magazine, Fast Forwards, has a ton of literature just online. He's been writing for years for all kinds of magazines. He's not only that, but he's a test pilot. He gets to ride in some of these cars before anybody else does. And dude, what you do for NASCAR is straight brain blowing as well. I don't even know if you can get in and tell us some of the crazy things you've done at NASCAR tracks. But man, you are um, a very unique in the information that you process on a NASCAR course. Yeah, we get to do a lot of neat stuff. I can't really talk too much about it. It has to do with it has to do with photography and and uh, and photography. We do a lot of photography. <laughs> <laughs> Reconnaissance. All right, true or Reconnaissance, false, man? Yeah, true or false? Um, other other can can a team pay you to take pictures of other cars? No, that is against no. the rules. Okay, can uh, a team pay you to take pictures of their car? Uh, technically, a team, I suppose, can do that. Okay. Um, uh, do they ask you information uh, as to what you're seeing in the pictures through certain turns, copings, or um, areas in and around the track compared to, say, other teams? Let's just say the engineers are way smarter than me. They, could, they, they, see, they <laughs> see more in the photo than I see. I see a car going around a track. I wouldn't know anything about where the splitter is or the rocker height. I don't know nothing about that. <laughs> Interesting stuff, man. Interesting stuff. So how did you first get into, you know, that type of stuff? What, what was your first break into, you know, this world of riding and testing cars and being the guy that, you know, you know Ford calls to come test the GT or Mopar calls when he went ET time? Well, it, it really all started for me at Raceway Park in Englishtown, which doesn't really drag race anymore, which is really a shame. Um, and just being a car nut, racing my uh, five-liter Mustang and meeting guys like some of the original magazine guys from like, if you remember, like uh, Cars Illustrated magazine. It was kind of a hardcore oh, East wow. Coast book. Yeah. But those guys would be there at the track testing all the time. Tony DeFeo, uh, Neil Van Opry. And uh, Jim Camposano and all the guys from the magazine from what was CSK Publishing at the time, which was like a hardcore, down and dirty, East Coast group of magazine guys. So me, you know, I'd just be there racing my Mustang, trying to cut ETs, not really like knowing anything about like bracket racing or heads up racing, just going for times. And uh, just got friendly with those guys. They had all the tricks and tips and then they kind of, I guess they kind of liked me and... I thought their job was pretty cool. And then ultimately this guy named Steve Carlson, who was the editor of Muscle Mustangs at the time. And he was a very legendary guy. He was editor of Superstock Magazine and he worked on all the big Peterson books back in the day. He literally flipped me a roll of film one night and uh, he needed some photos and couldn't hang out. And he literally flipped me a roll of film and said, have at it kid. And I took a couple of pictures, they <laughs> published them and, uh, Boom. Next thing you know, my career took off, started writing stories. I switched my major from, like I said earlier, from teaching to English and journalism. And uh, I, was, I wasn't I was a greatest student. Pretty bad, actually. So <laughs> that, that actually got me focused and I ended up getting through. 
So do you remember back in the old days of Hot Rod Magazine, there was this 1968 uh, Plymouth Roadrunner, and it had super stock written on the side of it. It was a green Roadrunner, and it was one of the most documented cars. I got the diecast in my collection. No, oh, so yeah. the the guy that the guy that drove that car is like my Mopar, you know, guru in town. If I can't figure something out or uh, I need help with the track or whatever, he's the guy. The, the guy that used to be the main wrench and, and one of the drivers on that car, uh, Louis um, Carbo- Carboni is is the guy's name, and he drove that car for a number of years and was uh, is, is still is one of my my best Mopar buddies on earth. So oh, that's so it's cool, pretty cool man. Yeah, he's got all the literature on it. I read all the articles on that car, in fact, because I ran – I did my NHRA stock eliminator um, project car in a time when really not a lot of magazine guys were really or cared too much about NHRA. Uh, they were just building like crazy stuff, turbos and blowers and nitrous. But I, my head was in um, like the purity of stock eliminator. So I built this car. So a, a lot of the guys who actually worked on that car – or some of the advertisers who supplied parts for that car, they would always talk about that car. So I did a lot of research on it. I have a diecast yeah. on it. I got a ton of Mopar diecast. Yeah, man. I see all the Mopar Super B stuff behind you, though. I see a, a Plymouth Superbird, some Richard Petty stuff. Man. My AR you can, we can over see there. him if you watch some. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's awesome to see, man. What do you? So let me ask you a question. A lot of people, a lot of listeners um, out there always wanted to have their car in a magazine how would you go about that being that the only one really left is hot rod magazine i got my renewal subscription notice like yesterday <laughs> what how would they do that it's a really weird thing because that used to be obviously one of the biggest things out there going to events and hoping a magazine guy would see your car um mm-hmm. there, there's you know if you're talking just print you're pretty much talking hot rod and there's been an issue or two of a book called, um, I think Mopar Action still prints. So there's there's a handful of car yeah. magazines. Hemmings, uh, Hemmings has some titles. Really, I think either go to an event where you know the magazine is going to be sponsoring or have uh, a staff member there and try to talk to them. Or just take some quality pictures, send them to the magazine just like the old days and hit up the editor or an associate. Since so many pictures of readers rides, dude, I was <laughs> yeah. like, come on. Somebody needs to cover my badass 71 Dodge Charger, man. Let's yeah, go. exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, but that, And then, of course, you know, the online stuff is much easier because you can you can sure. pump out a lot more content if you are a website or, a, you know, a manufacturer that does content. So there, there's a lot of different ways. I think probably this, you might not even know about this. You guys should check this out. On uh, on Holly.com, they have a, a section called My Garage. Oh yeah, and, man, that's you sick. can basically create your own page for uh, all your builds, all your builds and your cars, and you get points, and they they hook you up with stuff if you get enough points. They have contests, but it's like having your own magazine page or like your own Facebook page for your car. It's 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 a pretty neat deal actually, and it's real high quality. It looks real nice. I, I threw my car up there. I don't know if anybody checked it out, but I, I, I did. <laughs> yeah, I've been thinking about that, but I got so many damn cars, and I'm not sure which one to put up there. Uh, but, yeah, man, you're right. That's a great resource. Yeah. You got to put the 58. Yeah, dude. Well, you've been in this gig for for a long time, man, so you've seen a lot of changes, especially the last couple of years, right? Because, you know, most of us who have some kind of subscriptions, of all of a sudden they just don't show up anymore. 
Right. Unless we're talking about we're we're kind of down to, you know, the, the onesie twosies on print magazines. Uh, and of course, everything's going online and we're all online. We're, we're seeing it all. But uh, where do you see this progressing? And and obviously there's the, the side of things that the, the viewer sees, but there's obviously the things that you're going to see in the background. You know, the journalist, like what happens to these guys? Um, does that kind of die out or is there just few of them? What's the scene look like the next five or ten years? Um it's definitely the landscape has changed a lot. And, um, you know, when I, when I left the magazine in 2014, I was still doing a ton of magazine writing. I mean, all the magazines were still around. I mean, my days were filled with doing what I did for the last 20 years just for myself. And in the last six years, the landscape has completely changed. All the magazines or most of the magazines we love unfortunately have been killed. Um, I don't know if they're archaic or it's just the, um, you know, printing a magazine, you have to buy paper, you have to buy ink, you have to ship this product when you can get free content on the web. I don't know. It's, I still like, I still like turning the pages of a magazine. You know, it's weird. Maybe I'm old, maybe there's something about it, but I still like getting those hot rods and, you know, flipping through one that may be a year old or that I, you know, may have missed something or, you know, they got little editorials in the back on how-tos and some DIY stuff. I always feel like there's great advertisers in there. So if I'm not, you know, like, for example, you could never, ever find windshield, um, not windshield, but um, headlight motors for 66 and 67 Dodge Chargers. Nobody made them. There was one guy online, but if you got an answer back from him in a month and a half to 90 days, you were doing good. And you could never get him to do any rebuilds of the headlight motors. Well, you go into a Mopar action and something like that, and on occasion you'll see an advertisement for a guy doing those because it's so unique and it's so desired. So I pay attention to the advertisers. I pay attention to you know every single page, every corner ad, and and so forth in in my hot ride, my Mopar action. You know? Oh, totally. I mean, I have I have a magazine collection that would blow your mind. A bunch of old stuff, and I love looking at the old ads. I mean, they were great. Like especially. The manufacturer ads, the, the the Mopar ads, the Rapid Transit system, oh. the Dodge, uh, all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. You know, Plymouth is love, and the Pontiac ads were fantastic. All the GTO ads, you know, put a tiger in your tiger, all that, all that crazy stuff. Um, but as far as to answer your question, I think you know I've had to reinvent myself even in the last couple of years. My buddy Anthony Bongiovanni, who's got a bunch of Cobra jets. Anthony. And, yeah, I'm going to see him this weekend. Um, real smart business guy too. And he, he told me every three to five years, you're going to have to reinvent yourself. And he was spot on. So I think the biggest change is you just said it, it's the advertising. So now, unlike before, because of the internet, the advertisers, like whether it's Edelbrock or Holly, or all the guys you deal with on two guys garage, they all have either have or have to have content on their website because they can go get the customer right away for themselves. So how are you going to do that? You got to do it with car content. You can't just have a website selling parts. You got to have news. You got to have pictures. You got to have stories. You got to tell your story. And that's something that the companies never really were able to do. They relied on the magazines to do that. They relied on the tech stories. They relied on event sponsorships. Well, now they can have that footprint on the web 
And a lot of them, I, I keep bringing up Holly because I've been doing a lot with them. They've recognized that. Oh, because they're so huge. They're like, what, 500 brands? Yeah, they, they have a ton you of know, brands. But, 58 brands or something? Or? But they have a whole content department now. And if you think yeah. about it, like, they got the guys that are designing carburetors and intake manifolds. They also got guys like me who are creating content. They've got a, a need for this content. And they know they're putting events on, like the Holly Ford Fest. Willie B, I don't know if you're aware, they're doing that Mo Party event. I don't know if they've contacted you, but man, that would be something for you to bring your show to. They're oh, all, man. I, I got to hook that. that up with you. Um, <laughs> yeah. They're doing this, like, it's basically going to be LS Fest, but for Mopar stuff. Yeah, all that's kinds, awesome. It's a big, giant, crazy Mo Party. So they're recognizing a company like that. And the companies that don't do their own content and don't generate uh, an interest beyond just making cool parts, I think they're going to get left behind. So somebody like me, a lot of the magazine guys, I'm probably giving my secrets away. I've gone down that road. I've tried to seek out what companies are interested in developing content. And it's neat because you can do custom content just for them. It's what works. And so that's really been my focus. Even like Ford, Ford uses me to develop content, um, whether it's for the Ford performance side of things or on like the regular mainstream stuff, GT500. It's scary. And, and that's your Rev and Evan stuff, right? That's your, your Rev and Evan type Yeah, stuff? my YouTube Rev and Evan. And then on um, official Ford guy on Instagram. And I got the Facebook stuff. You can follow me on any of those. Um, but the Rev and Evan YouTube channel has been doing pretty good. Yeah, man. Hey, Kevin, you know what? I think this is, he's telling us, is on the Two Guys Garage website or Facebook page, we need... We need our own sections to talk about some of our builds and show off some of our cars, man. I think that's what he's trying to tell us right now. Yeah. yeah. Yes, sir. <laughs> he's developing content. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's smart. That's, that's smart. You know, the, the print magazines never realized that their, their competition might come from a 15-year-old with an Instagram page. But if you're a car person, you're going to go get your content. You might get it from Instagram. You might get it from Two Guys Garage. You might get it from Hot Rod Magazine. You might get it from my YouTube channel. Look at that. Uh, what's his name? Cletus McFarlane. That guy came out of nowhere. Oh, yeah, man. I know Cletus well, yeah. He's got millions of followers, right? But he's doing something fun and crazy and exciting Yeah. beyond what the magazine guys did. David Freiberger, another guy, he's killing it out there with Roadkill and all the stuff him and Finnegan do. They're, they're able to create this content, this aura. And so I think you got to be yourself. You got to get out there. The days of just turning in a car feature and uh, or hey, how do you put a cam in? You got to do you got to do better. You got to have a ton of reader or viewer value. That's one thing I've always loved about Two Guys Garage is that the, there's a huge payoff. You guys don't just talk about it. You do the work. You show everybody you know the end result, which is what you really want to see. Well, how did it work? What happened? Yeah, man. And is there burnout? And that's always what I try. Yeah, and then burnout. Got to do burnout. <laughs> Man, this is actually pretty awesome stuff because there are so many people that look up to guys like you, right? This is their dream, their dream job. And and to be able to have this kind of uh, inside scoop on, you know, how they could possibly kind of follow in your footsteps. So, you know, I'm just going to kind of leverage some of your advice. Follow this guy. Follow Evan Smith, man. See what he's doing out there because... He is reinventing himself in this ever-changing market, and uh, it's going to keep moving. Uh, but you know, he's given some really strong and outstanding advice on you know how to get your presence, how to get your foot in the door, how to get started, 
And uh, it doesn't sound like you got to go walk up to some giant, you know, door on some huge Wall Street building and try to get the job at some corporate place that, you know, you can use your own creativity, your own imagination, work up your own skills, get things started and, uh, you know, try to be creative and get the snowball going. Yeah, man. Yeah, I mean, anybody can have any of these social media channels. Uh, there's a, my, a friend of mine, he goes by Stang Mode on uh, on YouTube, and he's just a guy who's into Mustangs, and, man, he, he's really doing well. I mean, he has a big following. He's out there building cars, having fun with his cars, doing his thing, and he puts his own spin on it. It's maybe not the way I would go about it, but that's okay. He's doing his way. I do things my way. Um, nobody's right or wrong. Hey, I got to ask you a question, man. Um before we go, because we're almost out of time, man, what percent of Mustang owners crash their cars during burnouts? <laughs> it depends if you're leaving a car show. Um, <laughs> then, it, then it's probably really high because you got to have crowd control, right? <laughs> yeah, you got to have a crowd. Yes. <laughs> I, I actually saw I actually saw a Mustang at a Cars and Coffee not too long ago, and the guy's Instagram was like it was ever like at Car Control, or <laughs> Crowd Control rather. It was Crowd yeah, Control. Yeah, see, it's like that. It's like that tree falling in the woods. You know, if a Mustang crashes and there isn't a crowd around, did it really crash? <laughs> no. All right, Evan, where do people find you on the social side one more time? Uh, Revan Evan on YouTube? Yep, Revan Evan on YouTube. Uh, official Ford guy and Evan J. Smith photo on Instagram. And then if you search me out on uh, Revan, uh, Revan Media YouTube or uh, Facebook or just my regular Facebook, you could follow me on Facebook. I'm, every weekend I'm at a Cars and Coffee or a drag strip or a road course. I, I try to get out there and do car stuff every week. Amen to that, man. Go check him out. Find him. He's a great resource. Tons of knowledge. Always doing exciting things. Always has great photos, videos, and whatnot. Uh, so, hey, man, we appreciate your time. Uh, and don't forget about our show. It's that type stuff and more. And like he was saying, man, it's always good because you always have a cool Indian in it. We try to get it out uh, and take some of them for a, a test drive. And it's funny because Bird does most of the driving. I will say this, Bird, you get most of the driving because I'm known to do burnouts. And they don't always like burnouts. So for the most part, you'll, you'll <laughs> see Kevin driving, and that's by design. Yeah, but but it's in my contract. Yes. You, you screwed up, man. It's in my contract that I do burnouts. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, you just didn't read that line properly, man. You need better lawyers. I, 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 put, I do too long. <laughs> I do too long of burnouts. That's my problem. All right, guys, don't forget about our show aired on the Motor Trend Network. Check your local listings. Episodes also now streaming on Motor Trend On Demand. Thanks to our guest, Evan Smith, Revan Evan, my man Kevin Bird. I am Willie B., our producer. Scooping our executive producer is Bob Ecker. Yeah, and don't forget to check out our website, twoguysgarage.com, for more awesome content, a lot of behind the scenes. And check us out. We're on social everywhere, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, at Two Guys Garage. Now, this Two Guys Garage podcast is copyright 2020. Brenton Productions Incorporated, all rights reserved. And I just want to point out before we let him go, he has like 18 die-cast models of Richard Petty Hot Rods race cars and uh, Mopars on his shelf. So let that be known. <laughs> He's got a Mopar shelf, Kev. Yeah, but he still picked the GT500. <laughs> True that, man. Uh, right. Hey, you know what, though? It is a legit car. Are you going to get one of those, or are you just going to build your own? Well, I'm going to build my own first, and then uh, if I fail miserably, I'll save some coin and maybe buy a real one. 
<laughs> all right, maybe one day on a podcast we'll talk about the one you're building, all right? That can be the next yeah. episode uh, on the Two Guys Garage podcast with Kevin Bird and Willie B. You guys take care. See you next time, guys. Two Guys Garage podcast is a production of iHeartRadio and Britain Productions. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.